Hey, it is Clay at moneywithclay.com. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And I'm excited about this episode as thank you to some surveys out there. We are gonna be able to go into the future. So by using these surveys, we're gonna strap ourselves into a time machine and go to the future of other people's lives and then look back and see what they had to say when it came to you know what regrets do they have. And in particular, what regrets do they have in terms of you know finances, in terms of you know money-making decisions. And by doing that, it's going to open up a lot of interesting gateways that you know I want to go through because at the end of the day, when I've kind of surveyed the, the articles and the, the stats and the surveys uh, that I've looked at, I will, I'm not gonna totally throw everybody under the bus in terms of, hey, it's totally your fault. I mean, it's their fault, don't get me wrong, but I can understand why, uh, you know, some of this decision-making process, and I, I hesitate to use the word process, uh, but why this, you know, just general thought occurs. And you know, like I said, it's not an excuse, and uh, if it has been an excuse up until this point, well, that's the whole idea behind this, is well, I wanna open up your eyes to it and open up your mind to the reality of the matter. Despite what some may tell you, despite what some may try to lead you to believe, I'm gonna talk about the truth, or I'm gonna talk about, well, like I said, the absolute reality. And the article that I wanna you know, start off with here is uh, from CNBC. And it says, this is Americans' number one financial regret, and it could be costing them thousands. So from the article, looking back on their finances, Americans wish they had started preparing for their future earlier in life. That's according to a new data from Bankrate, which polled U.S. adults about their financial regrets. Not saving for retirement early enough is the most common regret. Not saving enough for emergency expenses comes in second. So I wanna go down and just kind of go through uh, the poll here, the survey, and I'll you know dig into more details. But again, 18% of the, or of, the, of the poll, of the survey, was, like I said, not saving for retirement early enough. Now, wh wh I mean, wh where, do, where is this coming from? Where is this stemming from? Well, a couple of different places, but I wanna start with the one where it, probably it drives me the nuts the most, and I have talked about this before. If you've ever been to the Money With Clay YouTube channel, then I've, I've done a video specifically on this and the article here. But I, in, in, my, in my opinion, this plays a large role in it, and this is kind of where you can't quite blame everybody just smack dab, you know, hit them between the eyes and say, no, it is totally your fault, because there's a bunch of nonsense like this floating around, and there, there's always nonsense like this floating around, which is why it's so important that you learn to think for yourself, that you learn to you know, go beyond what these headlines are telling you, go beyond what you know, certain mainstream media is trying to tell you. And this has nothing to do with whether you're watching a quote unquote, you know, a Democratic news stations, a Republican news station, or anything like that. This is both sides of the aisle. It doesn't matter what political party you're in, what you know, newspaper you prefer to read, what blog you prefer to read. Everybody does it in one fashion or another. So yes, this does have to do with a, a political topic and whether or not you wanna disagree or agree with it, that's not the point. My point is the way that the media is misleading people, the way that they are giving them a false sense of, well, actual reality. 
And this is once again from CNBC too. And this article is a little bit old. I mean, a, a few months old. However, it still totally pertains to all of this. So remember, Americans regret they're, they're, they're not saving for retirement early enough. The article here titled, Tax Cut Riches Have Gone to Executives and Investors Over Workers by Nearly a 3 to 1 Margin. So if you're unfamiliar, a few months ago, uh, President Trump cut taxes and they were corporate taxes. And uh, according to this article right here, you know, the, the tax cut riches have gone to executives and investors over workers. So in other words, workers are getting the short end of the stick here. And you look at a quote here, the recently enacted corporate tax cut is likely to deliver far more benefits to top management and investors, here's that word again, investors, than to typical American households. Well, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's actually look at a few definitions of these words. First off, management, executives. I will agree, I will concede, okay, that is kind of, they're off in their own little uh, category in and of themselves. But when you see investors, investors can be workers. Investors can be households. You could become an investor. I could become an investor. My household could invest in something. So the way this whole premise is structured, where they are making it sound like these are three separate categories, you have executives, you have investors, and you have workers, or you have investors, you have management, and then you have households. No, that's totally false. You can become, you as a listener, can become an investor. Or in other words, according to what this guy is trying to get across, you can benefit from these tax cuts. So it's just extremely deceiving when it seems like, or when this person makes it sound like, that workers are just, yeah, they're not getting anything. Well, yeah, maybe they're not getting anything at the present time but they have an opportunity to become an investor. And according to your little statistics, investors are benefiting. So right, let's focus on the, the, the prop or let's focus on the solution and not the problem. The solution is, well, how do I benefit? You benefit by becoming an investor and that is open to everybody. We'll, we'll cross that bridge later on in, the, uh, you know, in the, the discussion here, but just realize that this is why I think a lot of people, you know, to kind of stand up for them, why they didn't get started sooner, well, when you're young, when you're kind of just glancing through the media, when you're just glancing through headlines, uh, in this day and age, glancing through social media, and you see just pitiful headlines like this, what are you supposed to think? Well, yeah, it's just going, it's just going to execs, it's just going to investors. That's I, I and I just work for companies. I'm I'm just a worker, so I guess I'm just getting woe is me, woe is me. They're just breeding the victim mentality, the mentality of there's nothing I can do, and I don't blame the younger people. I don't blame them because when they're being you know, fed this nonsense, and I would have been in that same camp. I mean, at the surface, it seems like, okay, yeah, that makes it sound like there's three separate you know, groups of people. But no, there's only two because, again, workers can become investors. And that is, well, what needs to be done. That is, aka, investing for your future saving for retirement. And what did this all start off with? What was the biggest regret that people wanted to do? Oh yeah, they wish they had started earlier. Well, this is one reason why maybe some people weren't starting earlier because they've been being misled. Now, if you were not aware of this, sorry that that you are now aware and you need to realize and you need to start to you know get focused on the fact that, okay, 
We've gone into the future. We've taken that time machine, and it's very clear a lot of people wish they had started sooner. And you know, I hadn't started because I didn't think there was anything I can do. I thought all this, you know, tax cut stuff was going to just the, you know, the the wealthy, just to you know, investors, just to executives. But I, now that I realize that I can actually myself become an investor, well, I, I need to get on it. Yeah, you do. Maybe you don't know how. We'll get to that later. Like I said, but right there, that's the kind of main thing that. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll concede you can't blame everybody else. But then, let's go through the rest of the survey. This is where things get a little ironic. They get a little, wait a second here, wait a second, okay, fine, I'll concede, I'll concede that people have been misled, people may have just been kind of uh, led astray. However, even if, like I said, going back to you realize you now can become an investor, that's, there's a big difference between, uh, yeah, I wanna become an investor, I wanna benefit from these tax cuts to actually being able to do it. And if this brings up the wonder here, okay, yeah, maybe some people were misled, but according to these other regrets, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of an oxymoronic type situation. It's kind of a, it's just, it's contradictory. So let's go through the rest of this. Remember, biggest financial regrets. Third most, taking on too much credit card debt at 10%. Okay, taking on too much debt. Sure, this is credit card. But remember, the rest of these are too much and then there's debt followed by them. Taking on too much student loan debt, 8%. And then this is the one that really just kind of blows my mind. And it's, I, 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 don't, I don't, are these, do they not realize? But at only 2%, buying more house than you can afford. So in other words, your house payment, that debt is too much. Only 2% have that regret. Maybe it's just me, maybe I'm thinking too much into this, but is it, I mean, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Perhaps the problem and why you weren't able to save and get started sooner saving for retirement is because, well, you had too much credit card debt. Maybe you had too many student loans for a degree that didn't really pay that well. Or maybe, just maybe, the house you got yourself into is making you house rich, cash poor. And when you don't have any cash, oh yeah, how do you become an investor? You need cash. You need free cash flow, meaning at, you know when you pay your bills at every month, you have cash left over. That is the, the free cash flow, positive cash flow, another term for it. But yes, you do actually need leftover money at the end of the month to turn yourself into that category which we talked about as an investor. But it's gonna be kinda of hard to do that if you have too much debt in the form of a student loan, a credit card, or just more house than you can afford to buy. Only 2% regretted basically turning themselves house rich, cash poor. So you can't really have it both ways. That's kind of what I find so ironic about this is you have, number one, all these people wishing they had started saving early enough. And that's great, I, I, I get it. My, uh, you know, I think if you talk to most older people, they will tell you that. So I can't say that this whole survey result is shocking. It's not like it comes out of left field like, whoa, I can't believe that. But then you think about, well, why didn't people start? Yeah, maybe ignorance had a little bit to do with it. But financial, what about all these other things? In my mind, 
It should be totally flipped around. It should be my number one regret was I had too much credit card debt. And because I had too much credit card debt, I didn't have any cash flow. At the end of every month, everything was going to pay my credit cards. So I didn't have any money to turn myself into an investor. And because I couldn't turn myself into an investor, therefore I couldn't start saving for retirement. That is, in my mind, the sequence that things you know should follow. My biggest regret is that I bought too much house. I turned myself house rich, cash poor, and because I was cash poor, I couldn't turn myself into an investor, and because I couldn't turn myself into an investor, well, I was never able to start as soon as I wanted to for retirement. But no, it's just I, I wish I would've started sooner. So like I said, the whole idea here is we're in the future right now. We are looking at statistics from people out in the future. And if you're kind of out in the future, and I mean, I, I want this show to be for everybody, but at this point, I mean, your only choice is you gotta just grind and grind and grind, and uh, you have to work both smart and hard. Whereas for those of you that are maybe you know in high school, in your 20s, in your early 30s, let's learn a lesson here. Let's realize very, very quickly what the older you is probably going to be saying. But why are they gonna be saying that? Are they gonna be saying that because you didn't know? Well, that's, that's accomplished now. You do know that you can become an investor. But now let's cross that second bridge. Even if you do know what's holding you back, is it because you have a big mess? Are you maybe on the edge of going into a big mess? You need to be very, very aware, and this is why people get into trouble, because it's everything is me, 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 now, 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 I don't wanna look into the future, and even though we know in the future that everybody regrets not starting you know, in the past, saving sooner for the future, who cares, that's in the future. Talk about a mentality where your whole idea of comfort in retirement is, well, I, I hope the government will still send me my social security check. If you are depending, if your business plan for your retirement plan, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road is, I'm just, I'm, you know, social security, I'm paying into social security right now, I'll get my social security check, then you are living in an alternate reality. The sooner you can just kind of accept the fact, like I have and uh, you know, several others, that for us, and I am, let's see, how old am I, 34, I am planning on not getting a single dime from Social Security. That program is well on its way to insolvency, aka bankruptcy, and I am not, that has zero uh, you know, bearings on my plans for, okay, well, where is this income gonna come when I wanna retire? It, no, it ain't gonna be Social Security. And if, like I said, if that is your retirement plan, because right now you're saying, and you look at your pay stub, well, yeah, there is some money deduct, deducted for Social Security. Okay, so that's, the, uh, and I'll get that back in retirement. There you go, I'm saving for retirement. You are not thinking very wisely about things. You need to reassess the situation, and don't take my word for it, I get it. I'm, I'm just voice over the airways. Maybe you're not familiar with me at all. But yeah, research the whole social, social security situation, and you're gonna see very quickly that it is a mess. And this is not coming from any side of the political aisle. Both political parties have uh, essentially plundered the you know social security system, used the money for other things, and it is an absolute mess, and social security is not going to be there. So the moral of the story here is let's kind of just break things down. We know that people in the future wish they had started saving sooner. Well, what are the two possible reasons why they didn't start saving sooner? Either A, they were ignorant and had false impressions. Well, you now know 
that you can turn yourself into an investor. But that segues perfectly into, well, in order to do that, you need to have cash. And then you look at all these other regrets, and then you look at more specifically, pretty much the non-regrets, people not regretting too much student loans, too much not regretting credit card, too much not regretting you know house rich, cash poor. And yeah, that's gonna be a cash problem. So where are you at right now? That's the big question that you need to kind of address with yourself. Are you able to become an investor? In other words, do you have cash left over at the end of every month? Another way, just because you have cash, could there be more cash? Are you actually being efficient with the way you're going about this? Because if you're not, then you can also be deceiving yourself where, okay, I have money, so yeah, I, I'm investing for retirement, but I mean, could you be doing better? And my guess is, and according to the statistics that are out there, yeah, you could be doing a lot better if you are saving. And keep in mind, I have not even touched on well, you should be investing in that, and then you should be investing in that. No, I'm not, I haven't talked about rates of return at all. This is all behavior. This is all the psychology of you know doing something, and that something is going to become a habit, and then when you get that habit in place, it becomes routine. And in this situation, this is totally a good routine. This is good habits that you wanna be doing. But in order to do it, you have to have a plan. You have to make sure that you have looked at your finances and you have a, you know, a situation where you are going to be allowed to turn yourself into an investor like yesterday. It's never too early to start. And if you are, I mean, if you're like 15, 16, 17, 18, I have a nephew right now who, let's see, he's, just, he's going to become a sophomore in high school, so that puts him, I think he's like 15 or 16 right now. I'm already breathing down his neck. Hey man, when you're ready, to, to talk investing, when you're looking at, to talk setting up a retirement account, let me know. And to, to his credit, he's got a good head on his shoulder. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds good, I wanna do that. Some other t times, you say that and people look at you with a blank stare. Retirement? I'm not even out of high school yet. What are you talking about retirement? You can, another little homework assignment. Again, don't take my word for it. And you've we've all learned about this in school, but this is like actual practical school compounding interest, go do a little research on compounding interest and start to run numbers. And that's why if you are, you know, especially in high school, I'm so jealous of you, just realize that if you're listening to this as somebody in high school, I am insanely jealous. If you're listening to this as somebody in, you know, their early 20s, I am insanely jealous because I, I started soon, so I mean, I'm not, but I do have regret. I wish I would have started a tad bit sooner. Now I went a little bit different in, in terms of saving for retirement. I did a lot of stuff in real estate investing first, and now I'm more focused on investing in the stock market. Uh, but, but still, I, I wish I would have just started even sooner than what I did. I was still early 20s, but man, why, why did I think in high school that the stock market and all these sorts of things was just for geeks? I mean, the stock market is awesome and it's a tool that uh, the sooner you realize that it actually is a tool that can be used to build wealth, the better. But remember, we, we are in the time machine, and I keep bringing this up because everybody, the majority of people said that not saving for retirement early enough was their biggest regret. And you don't wanna find yourself like this. So from that same article, and this is scary stuff. This is stuff where you, you read it and you almost think it's being made up. But ask yourself, do you wanna find yourself in this position down the road, you know, in the future? Because again, by using these statistics, we've taken some of us in certain age ranges into the future. So ask yourself, do you wanna be like this? 
So from the article, lack of savings does appear to be serious. It's an ongoing problem, and in the U.S. Northwestern Mutual's 2018 Planning and Progress Study found that 21% of Americans have nothing saved at all for their golden years. 21%. In other words, if there's five people standing there, one of those five people have, not like a little bit, not I wish they had more, have nothing. One in five people. That is scary. If 20% of the population is sitting there, you know what? Good old the government, they're gonna take, that is very scary. One in five have nothing. But it, a third, a third of Americans have less than $5,000. So that's basically nothing. If you're thinking later on in life and you have less than $5,000. So again, that's if you have three people standing there, one of those three people have less than $5,000. That is terrible. That is a very scary situation to be in. Unless I guess you're, you're, you're planning on like mooching off your kids, you expect your kids to take care of you, then I mean, I, I guess that's on you. Uh, but my, you know, my goal when I get older is I, I don't want to depend on my kids. I wanna be like, um, oh, you know, your, your, your grandpa, he just spoils you, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm, I wanna spoil my grandkids. Um, my kids kind of, they, they need to learn hard work. So I will be deaf, but when it comes to the grandkids, that's my goal is, hey, let's go and do this. Hey, let's go and do that. And hopefully this, that, and the other is like, hey, let's do a family vacation to fill in the blank, someplace really neat. Not, uh, yeah, can I get some money because I have less than $5,000? That is, that's bad, that's, you know, that's a burden that um, if, if it doesn't shock you, if it doesn't kind of motivate you to, holy crap, I gotta get going on things, then I, I don't know what is. I don't know what could potentially motivate you. And then you factor in, you know, the, the article goes, a lot of Americans don't have rainy day funds either. So I mean, a disaster hits, something you know crazy happens in somebody's life and they don't have anything uh, you know saved for it. So right here from the article, in the here and now, most, most adults do not have enough stowed away in a savings account to adequately protect from going into debt. Should a disaster, you know, like a lost job, a health scare occur. So, I mean, that's another thing. Very, very important. These people from the future, what are we learning from them? If you are maybe not in debt, great. But if all it takes is some sort of unknown in life, like I said, a job loss or a health scare, or just something kind of randomly, you know, occurs, your car breaks down, I don't know, something occurs, and just like that, you could be in debt, because debt can be a nasty, nasty little bugger. It can start off as, okay, we're gonna have to temporarily go into debt to fix, fill in the blank of unforeseen issue, but then all of a sudden, well, that debt is growing, and it can grow and grow, and before you know it, things can spin out of control. So even if you're listening to this right now, and you're not in debt, I applaud you, I do. I don't wanna say that, uh, well, no, I, I, I do applaud you for that. But let's be proactive. Make sure that you have put in a place, you know, systems and protocols that if and the unknown does strike, you know, Murphy, what can go wrong will go wrong. If that occurs, that you are gonna be protected and not have to all of a sudden find yourself in some sort of, you know, big pile of debt because that's gonna be very counterproductive to what? To having cash. And what does cash do for you? Well, it allows you to become an investor. And who are benefiting from all these tax cuts? Who are benefiting from you know the way that the market works? Oh yeah, investors, which you can become. So hopefully I've kind of 
scared you a little bit? It's scary to me. To th- and it, it, it's freaky from kind of a society perspective too when you see you know, the, the 33% of people, one in three people have less than $5,000 saved away for their golden years. Uh, that, ooh, that is, that is very, very scary. All right, Clay, yeah, I get it. I do have cash and I, I, I didn't realize I could become an investor, but I can. Well, great, and I'm not gonna go into this in detail detail, but from a broad sense, with the day and age of technology and the internet, there are things out there called online brokers. And a broker is just somebody that gives you access to the stock market in many cases, and they will go out there and allow you to participate. They will allow you to invest. They will allow you to become an investor in the stock market. And they're open to anybody. They're, they're all different. There's little kind of nooks and crannies. But as a whole, that's what an online broker is going to allow you to do. It is gonna let you get out there, get involved, and start saving for your future. And the one that um, I recommend, the one that the producer of the show, uh, Nate, he uses, um, I don't use them, I have an account with them, I just use somebody else, uh, which I do explain and where I'm about to refer you to. But if you go to moneywithclay.com forward slash start saving, then I have a video there where I talk about, you know, how do you get start get started, you know, investing. So start saving, uh, clay or moneywithclay.com forward slash start saving and there you're gonna find a video that walks you through uh, M1 Finance and it's gonna show you kind of why I prefer them, why I think they're great and why you know it's uh, it allows you to start uh, saving in an efficient manner and it's gonna get you involved in the stock market and that's just what I want you to really drill into your head and this is not my opinion, this is based on the regrets of people in the future that are now looking back. And you know how to address it, you know what to do, you now know that you can do it, so really there are no excuses. Maybe you're saying, well Clay, I don't don't know how to get some cash flow. I mean, sometimes it just starts with figuring out your own personal finances. And I offer plenty of courses on that at moneywithclay.com. You're more than welcome to check those out. If not, that's fine, but there are no excuses the tools are there for people to get involved in the market. You can get there, and I don't know. Maybe you just need a, a you know, kind of a, a cold bucket of water thrown in your face, and kind of you may have to just relook at what's going on in your financial picture. I mean, don't be one of these people that are walking around totally blind, saying, "Yeah, I, I have no regrets about my house being way too much than I can afford." But my biggest regret is I, I didn't start saving for retirement sooner. Like I said, you can't have it both ways. And you gotta really start to be aware of your financial situation so that you can indeed get started. So moneywithclay.com forward slash start saving, and that'll give you more information on you know how you can start investing and getting involved in saving for your future because your future is gonna appear, be here much sooner than what you think. And I, I just, I couldn't imagine myself 20, 30 years from now sitting around with less than $5,000 or nothing at all, if that doesn't scare you, if that doesn't motivate you into wanting to get out there and start building wealth, get out there, start saving for retirement, then yeah, uh, I don't think anything will. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out 
in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating, that goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I use to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.